Guys, Matt Palmer is mm-hmm. very Jackson coded right now. <laughs> with, so? a, with a cute little animal on hey. his sweater. It's very like me and Jackson coded. I feel like we're like rubbing off on you. I mean, it has been five years with Jackson as yeah. of this weekend. So oh, that's maybe. right. Happy anniversary. Thank you five so years. much. Half a decade. Half a decade. Half a decade you of your life that? was with a man. Was with a man. And the I same man. <laughs> that same man. And I met that man that very first day. I forget if it was our first or second date. What it was we? your first It one. was the first. Yeah, because yeah, because the second date at the end you were angry because he hadn't kissed you yet. <laughs> Okay, I don't know if that was for public consumption, but yes, a, a, a person when they like someone else wants them to kiss him. All right, and it happens. I just remember the washing machine was broken, or the dryer was broken, or something, and I you was are. bringing my underwear out in my bathroom sink, and that yes. mom was like, "But I like him, so why hasn't he kissed me?" And I'm like, "You should just kiss him." Well, I did want. I was. I was trying to be, you know, waiting a little bit. Sure. I was sort of being demure, young man, yes. like I always am. You are the princess in the relationship. <laughs> Guys, it's established. I don't know. But yes, no, five years is great. It was very exciting. And uh, yeah, he got me something else from Bonobos for Christmas. And I was like, I, you know, I like what you've gotten, but I think we can do a little better than the jackalope. It's something that kind of came from Jackson in that way. I don't know what a jackalope is, but apparently it's a thing, a word that people know. It's mythical. It's mythical. Ah, <laughs> oh, God, animals, fantasy. Right. You are just morphing before my very eyes. It is wild that like I've been with him for like half of the time that we've been doing two gay mats oh. at this point. Oh, my God. <laughs> Stop and say that. We got it. We got it. Okay. I, I'm sorry for freaking out, everyone. We'll take a We need you know, a break. We need th- a break. We'll need a break. <laughs> Listen to this message. Yes. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Two Gay Mats podcast. It's Matt Steele. It's Matt Palmer. It's been another week, another another, uh, uh, rainy week in Los Angeles. It has been been raining, and everywhere else in the country, it's been snowing. I know, that's the thing is I feel bad complaining about our weather when it's like, oh yeah, it's in the negatives and we're frozen in. And like my mom's like, oh yeah, we've been having the water on uh, in the sink all week because it's been below zero, like the highs. I'm like... Oh, well, the 50s are tough, too. (laughs) Well, and also, like, when I say it's been raining in L.A. this week, I mean there was one day of rain. (laughs) It might rain tomorrow. It might rain tomorrow. it was gloomy today. It was gloomy today, but then the sun came out for a little bit. Um, But, yeah, so, guys, tomorrow, pray for us. Yes. The the sky might open again. Hard being L.A. natives at this point. It hasn't been raining as much as it rained last year. That's true. last year. It was a lot of rain. It was so much rain. Which, by the way, we did get a lot of nice greenery. Like, I feel like the lawn in front of my apartment has looked really green and lush. Ever since. Yeah. So, like, if that's what rain's for, then hey, we, we need a little bit. Who knew that rain served a purpose? <laughs> Here in LA, we have no idea what rain's even for. I know. But, like, it kind of slays. It's kind of awesome. It's yeah. Kind of a Until slay, it's, it's like hitting you and then you're like, okay, it doesn't slay. I anymore. know. It's like, it's like watching. It's the same way I feel about snow. It's like if I'm inside and watching it outside, it's mm. like, wow. I haven't, like, 
hung around in snow in so long mm. because when I'm home in Jersey, like for the holidays, it rarely snows in right. December in Jersey. It's usually like January when it starts to snow. Got it. So like it's been a while since I've hung out in snow. I feel like it was a couple of years ago, not because uh, it was two Christmases ago when we went, maybe three even, when we went to uh, Chicago to visit Jackson's side of the family and uh, he there was snow happening there and mm. it was nice. It was like, I have not seen snow in person. I guess I went to Big Bear probably and saw it there, but it's just nice. It's yeah, just I think nice. when I went to Big Bear in 2020, there was like some snow on the ground. Totally. And I just like put my foot in and went crunch. And I was like, huh, novel. Yes. novel. <laughs> You've engaged with snow. I've engaged with snow. So Matt Steele, yes. how was your week? My week was very nice. I yeah. can't say I did much. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just I, I went to uh, Burbank and mm-hmm. I saw the movie Mean Girls in in Dolby. Yes. Which like if I'm not going to talk about it much on the podcast because right. we already have a video review of Mean Girls. But if you haven't checked out that video, spoiler alert, I loved it. He and loved it, I think, more than anyone that I have spoken to. I, like, like, I don't understand why people have such a problem with it because I found nothing but joy, nothing but laughter. I thoroughly enjoyed that movie so much. I enjoyed it, and I'm happy it exists. I also won't go into detail, but I had some critiques. I had you some know, critiques. You can critique anything yes. until the cows come home, except yes. for me. <laughs> But yes. I I thoroughly loved it. So yeah. that was a very big highlight of my week. Nice. I did also see another movie this week, which we will get into okay. for the giving me moments section. Love that. Um, you know, I worked. I I I I my the web series that I directed, mm. Hustling, is coming out next week. Yes. So just did a couple things to get ready for that. Like it's exciting. Five days away. Five days away. Yes. Exactly. Everybody stream. Everybody, I'm gonna. You can see the trailer for it on my Instagram at it's Matt Steele mm-hmm. on Instagram. And uh, so I'm excited for that. To come out I had to like you know like start editing like little clips Mm -hmm. you know like 30 second clips you know to like promote it and of course all that fun stuff you know the awful social media shit (laughs) yes and so you know just doing things for that so Matt Palmer what did you do what did I do this week it was similarly very low-key uh in celebration of our anniversary on Friday we went to a uh place that had very good mocktails because again we're in the midst of dry January and we're gonna try to keep to it for all 31 days of January uh and so we went out to this place um that was in a place called Highland Park um, and it's a place they're not paying me to say this but it's called Highly Likely and they had really good meatball we had a little bit of pasta and um, I, I love how you made that singular they had a really good they had really good meatball they had a really good meatball I mean it was truly just one big meatball oh it was just a ball of meat it was just a ball of meat Would we call that a meatloaf I mean, it was circular. I don't tell you. It's a a circle. It was a ball. Okay. And it was great. That, I could say, was maybe my favorite thing I had. I will say, I wanted a faux espresso martini. And they were like, ooh, our uh, barista's out. He's sick. So, like, we take coffee really seriously here. And so we can't make you this drink. And I was like, oh. There aren't multiple people who know how to make this. That's what I said. Isn't there a binder of just, like, the recipes of all the drinks? Then the person next to me ordered a espresso martini with the alcohol and received it. Wait, like, hold on. <laughs> you need the special person yes. to like know how to make it without one of the ingredients. Right. Isn't it harder to make it with one of the ingredients? I don't know if maybe there was a vat of espresso martinis made with the alcohol in it and they didn't know so how to So these weren't make it. fresh espresso martinis. I don't know that. This is literally all conjecture. All I know is they received one and I was told I couldn't have one. But I had a nice like knockoff uh, Aperol spritz and so that was nice. Uh, and then on Saturday we went to um, Draft Alamo 
whatever it is. <laughs> Alamo Draft House. Alamo Draft movie House. Theater. To see um, the film All of Us Strangers and eat a little bit of food. Because I was like, oh, we've not done this. You know, dinner and a movie it's always seems like nice. And that was a very cool theater. And the movie itself, which I believe was your Give Me Moments one week, was A couple it? weeks ago, yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very interesting. And, you know, you think, oh, it's Paul Mescal, it's Andrew Scott, it's a gay story. And, like, it's our anniversary. What a fun anniversary celebratory oh, view. you and- think it's going to be, like, a romantic movie? I was thinking. Oh, strap in, bitch. It was not. It was more intense than I was <laughs> expecting. <laughs> I was just. Especially the end. Especially the end. Where you're just like, Whoa. And you're like, holy moly. So yeah. I would recommend seeing it. I wouldn't recommend seeing it if you're looking for like light gay fair. Okay, but now that you're in the second half of your first decade with your lover, okay. you like are with lover. You, you should, we're going with lover to okay. you know, promote the great Taylor Swift album that didn't get enough. And so, <laughs> um, I think now is the time where you start like delving into like your deep emotions with Jackson, and, like your traumas. I didn't. And so, I think this movie is a wonderful entry into that. Sure, but do you usually spend the anniversary date? uncovering the traumas because I feel like I don't need to do that <laughs> exactly. Yeah, why not? So it was a great like date movie. It's a it's a good it's a thinker and it's an intense watch. It's good and Andrew Scott, I thought a lot of the performances oh, were excellent. Those performances Andrew were Scott so unfucking believable. Yeah. Um, but also Jamie Bell and oh, Claire I Foy. Love, people, people aren't giving Jamie Bell enough really? for that performance. I thought he was like, excellent. I mean, people are obviously like, he's great. Yes. But like, out of the four performances, I feel like people talk about Jamie Bell the least and I loved him Really? So no, I thought he was excellent. Oh. And even just like, the character felt very true to life. Like, oh yeah. I don't, it's hard to talk about it without spoiling exactly what's happening there, but it felt very true to life. Uh, he was loving, but he was of his era. Sure, <laughs> and so yeah. some of the things he'd say, he'd be like, oh! <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, it, it's one that I would recommend, but also I would not recommend for if you're looking for a light, happy, gay fair. No, you thought <laughs> it was light and I happy? I thought it was like, you know, Paul Mescal's gay! Hot! <laughs> <laughs> you know? Aren't we all happy Paul Mescal's gay <laughs> exactly. today? Exactly! So yeah. uh, that was a fun moment. And then uh, today we went over to our friends Joe and Tim and played a lot of games with them. We played uh, that card game. I don't know if I told you about it. It's called Sabobotage, where it's like you're trying to make five boba drinks. Oh, you'd like it's a, a boba based card game I'd rather be drinking the boba than True, playing a game but I, lo- I lost which was upsetting oh, but then no. we also played a game that I feel like a lot of Gen Z kids played during the pandemic called Among Us which is basically similar to Traders similar to Mafia but it's all on your phone and so we were playing with the four of us on our phones but also with like four randoms and being like who do you think is like the imposter you see if they've done anything sus which is suspicious for the youths uh, in, in your view exp- you you're welcome uh, but I I will say that I won as a an imposter. I keep wanting to say traitor because I'm only yeah. thinking about traitors traitor or mafia, like whatever. right. But I did win once as the imposter, and I felt really good. About Congratulations! It. Thank you so much. That was a big moment for me. Okay, you know what? You made it. You made it so far in your life. <laughs> I really You've did so much. I really did. Um, so I guess we should jump into the news for idiots, which I'm warning you now, there's not a lot. Okay. So we'll be just scratching the surface here. There's not a lot of news, but we are a lot as people. Absolutely, so. we are. Uh, so the 75th Primetime Emmy Awards occurred, were they last Monday? Monday, yeah. Yes, okay. So they happened, and uh, the winners, I feel like were the big winners were very Three similar. Things won. <laughs> very similar to the Golden Globes, right? It was The Bear, it was Succession, it was Beef. 
Um, and that's it. Thank, and you, that was thank you for playing, ladies Quinta and gentlemen. Quinta won for Abbott. Yes. And um, Jennifer Luke, uh, Coolidge won for The White Lotus. And Nisi Nash for uh, Supporting Actress in a Miniseries. Yes. For Dahmer. So it, film you starred in. It, well, not a film. A miniseries. <laughs> oh, it was a miniseries. And I starring is a stretch. <laughs> I was in two minutes of Dahmer. And yes. so it's cool to be like a part of an Emmy Award winning uh, entity. And you got a hit tweet off of that entity. I did. Congratulations. Yes, I thank you so to, much. For that. It's, it's hard. It's hard. Tweeting is hard, guys. It really is. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it was fun. I was watching the Emmys uh, at uh, the restaurant at work, mm-hmm. and um, and then we had like a problem in the back at the restaurant. I'll just say that <laughs> and, and <laughs> you can so, find the tweet. He and, explains and, and, that. And so we had to uh, shut down, and uh, so while we were like shutting down, I got mm-hmm. to like watch the Emmys on the TV and like hear them play. We were essentially like open only for takeout. Yeah. And uh, and so it was really fun to like watch that. the Emmys as I was like getting paid on the clock <laughs> and everything. And I have to say, the Emmys this year were. Excellent. I heard that. Really, really well done. I think Anthony Anderson did a really good job. The way they introduced all the categories of like reuniting casts of different older hit shows, like they reunited the cast of Cheers to present this award, and they reunited the cast of Martin to present this award, and and all this. It was like, and they would like be on their little sets of of their old shows and everything, and it was really fun. It was really, really snappy, really fast. Um, And so I just remember watching it, and you know, I'm not one to if an award show goes a little long to like be like oh god what a drag right but after like seeing these Emmys I'm just like okay like while I'm not super critical of like how award shows are directed yes uh, this is really how you do an award mm. show you know so when you see like a really great example of that the it, the one sort of thing where I'm kind of like I go back and forth on is how they ended the acceptance speeches Mm. where Anthony Anderson was like, if your acceptance speech goes on too long, then my mom will stand up in the audience and tell you to shut up and be like, your time is out and everything, which like it was objectively funny. Right. It was very funny. Yes. But then it kind of turned into like these people's acceptance speeches were then like being overshadowed by this really funny lady Mm. and the acceptance. And so I feel like if they were going to do that, then the acceptance speeches should have been given more time, like a little more time. That way it wasn't constantly every speech you're being interrupted by this really funny lady. Like she was (laughs) really good. She would just be like, baby, baby time. And the person up there would be like, no, no, wait, I'm done. I, I swear. Um, yeah. But everyone was a very good sport about That's it. That's nice. You know, because they're all TV people, so they know that they have to work quickly. Right. <laughs> and, like, they're on a schedule, and, and it's, it was a lighthearted night. So right. it really was a wonderful ceremony. I am more interested in television than movies, as you may know. Yeah. But and so I was really trying to watch this maybe, like, the day after on Hulu. But I swear I was looking at the Hulu app at maybe noon, 2 p.m. that day after it had aired, and it was still nothing. And I think it went up, like, the following day. Like, it might have been Wednesday by the time it came up and I was like I'm no longer interested like I I was curious about watching it but then it was like well it expires on Monday so if you don't see it between this day and this day you're not going to see it it's like well I have a life like I have a job I can't spend my whole life around the Emmys but I am happy to see the winners people I loved won but I just wish it was made more readily available on Hulu more quickly after it initially was aired all right television television people 24 hours acceptable acceptable 48 hours Matt Palmer can't be bothered I mean come on could you imagine 48 hours is unacceptable. How, yes, if you had to wait that if long, I had to wait that long for, for like a Big Brother even, episode, even the Golden Globes. I know, I would be like absolutely it's not. Too, like it's if, too long. if I was like a huge like television junkie and I was right. like really excited for the Emmys in the same way I get excited over the Oscars, like yeah. I would not be able to wait forty eight hours. Hello, for that. like come on, like the Golden Globes were up. I don't know, like five hours after they were done. Right. 
Right. So that was not my favorite moment. Apparently, the ratings were not good, even though I've heard from several people that the award show itself was great. Um, but this also isn't the normal time that the Emmys happen it's during the Monday, year. Yeah. It is like not normal that it happens at this time of year. And then and it's a Monday as well. Year, yeah. yeah. So it uh, had 4.3 million total viewers, uh, an average 0.85 rating among adults 18 to 49. Uh, so if just for comparison's sake, the 2022 show hosted by Keenan Thompson drew 5.9 million viewers, um, which was the most recent record for the award show, affecting a 25% drop in viewership. Uh, from the previous year. So I guess it's hard. I feel like ratings are always going to be going down at this point. We have so many different ways to watch television. If it was up on Hulu the next day, then people could have watched it there. Um, so I don't think it's that big of a deal, but it's just something to note. It's okay, guys. It's going to be what it's going to be. Art is going to be what it's going to be. How do you feel about the BAFTA nominations? The BAFTA nominations are exciting. I feel, like, yeah, I feel like there was a lot of discussion around them, and yeah. I couldn't exactly understand why. But I do like that now that I've watched all of us strangers, I'm understanding some of the uh, nominees a bit better. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm hoping to watch more films by the time um, the Oscars happen. There are films I don't want to see, like My Show or Oppenheimer. But I do want to see... But they're great. Oh, that's great. But I do want to see, <laughs> even though these I don't know if are British, I want to see The Holdovers really badly. Oh, The Holdovers is so lovely. I feel you like will, I'm going to love like that one. So that's like number one on my list. But yeah, how did you feel about the nominations? I thought the nominations were very exciting. because I think, And a lot of people are very angry about the nominations. Really? Like, they think that they're not going to align with the Oscars 100%. Mm. But people people get angry when seasons, of, like award shows, align too much. They right. get angry when they don't align enough. Like People are just going to be angry no matter what and you just got to deal with it um it's it's so interesting because the best film nominations were anatomy of a fall the holdovers killers of the flower moon oppenheimer and poor things mm-hmm. so you would think like oh they must have really loved killers of the flower moon yeah but killers of the flower moon besides in best film and best supporting actor for um robert de niro it, it got shut out of everything else like, really I think it got a screenplay nomination martin scorsese did not get nominated uh lily gladstone did not get nominated what for leading actress. didn't she just win she just won the golden globe wow. for drama and she's considered one of the two front runners for leading actress this year at the oscars so people were very very shocked who's about the that. other um person that could win that award at the Oscars? Uh, Emma Stone for Poor Things. Oh, yes, so yes. some people are like, ooh, Sandra Hewler could win for Anatomy of a Fall. That could be like the sort of dark horse that sort of creeps above the two yeah. of Lily and Emma split votes. So I'm very excited. But who did get nominated for Leading Actress yes. at the BAFTAs is none other than our American Idol, Fantasia <laughs> Barino-Taylor for The Color Purple for the performance of the Millennium Congratulations to Fantasia. <laughs> I'm, I'm thrilled about I'm that. I'm thrilled for her as well. Yeah. It seems like they liked uh, Maestro quite a bit. Like uh, 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 Bradley Cooper got nominated for director, which mm-hmm. a lot of people have started to think like, is he going to get snubbed for director for, you know, the the Oscars yeah. and everything. So, so I, you know, and I really loved Maestro. So I'm, I'm really happy that that got in for director. I'm very happy that Zone of Interest got in for director, Anatomy of a Fall, All of Us Strangers, Maestro, Oppenheimer, The Holdovers. Great. A great list of like director nominees. Um, uh, Charles Melton was uh, snubbed for May December for supporting actor, which was a very big shot. Yeah, and I I really I think he will get in for the Oscars. Okay. Um, I feel like I've heard a couple of award shows. Tell me if there was another one where Charles Melton got snubbed though. Am I wrong? SAG Awards. That's weird. I feel the the BAFTAs obviously are the British like Academy Awards. The Brits, you know, they have their specific tastes and everything. Mm. Uh, But also the SAG Awards, I was thinking about it because those nominations came out, you know, a week ago. Yeah. The way the SAG nominating process works is uh, you get an email saying like, would you like to be on the nominating committee? Okay. So you have to sort of like sign up. I think it's like 2,000 nominators 
half are film and they only do the film nominees, half are the TV people, they only do the TV ones. Okay. The people who actively read all of their emails from SAG are probably going to be a little older. <laughs> Because the younger, the kids in SAG, like, right. girl, I get those SAG emails and I'm just like, I'm delete, delete. Like, I, you know. Even so when I, it's about voting for the awards, I feel I like just, you would love that. Like, Unless it says like, hey, your dues are due. Mm. I'm like, oh, what is this? This is a promotional something, you know. So so I always miss that email. But you and, vote, right? Oh, of course. Okay, I'm so making sure. SAG awards, of course, as a yeah. voter. So I feel like the SAG nominating committee te- maybe might tend to skew a little older. Okay. Which is why like a movie like Nyad, which is a fucking great movie which mm-hmm. I loved like did more like, like got more nominations uh, than like May December did at the SAG Awards okay. or like Saltburn at the SAG Awards because right. those movies may tend to skew for like a young to like a younger demographic yes. versus, you know an older demographic it, like would really love Nyad you mm-hmm. know so so there are reasons for these things it's all very exciting it's all very cool I love seeing what resonates with different people so I don't know. I, I'm excited for the BAFTAs to see what happens. And um, yeah, I, I hope Charles Melton gets nominated though, okay. at the Oscars. I think he will. I guess we'll see um, on Tuesday, yeah. right? That's when the nominations that come one, out? Yeah, that's right. In like wow. three days, in 48 hours. Oh my gosh. Which, as we have established, is a long ways away. Long ways away. Yeah. It's too long. 48 hours is just too long. I am also just wanting to point out, I really want to see American Fiction as well. Have you seen that movie yet? Uh, we'll talk about oh, it. Oh, sorry. We'll <laughs> talk about it maybe I've later only heard good podcast. things. The trailer looks amazing. Like the cast, I hear that Issa's fucking hilarious. Like I just... Okay. Well, I, we'll all right. We'll talk about it later. We'll <laughs> talk about it together. We'll have a discussion. We will. Uh, apparently, Ariana Grande is poised to debut at number one with Yes And. and But something to note. Uh, we love that for her. We do like the song. You can see our reaction. She dropped so many alternate versions of this song. Mm-hmm. Like... Let me give you the the new versions. Extended mix, acapella, extended mix, instrumental, instrumental, sped up, slowed. And it's like these people were kind of comparing this online. Just like, oh, well, you know, Mariah Carey always did a bunch of remixes back in her day. And it's like, well, no. (laughs) To quote the Twitter meme. um, Wow, that came from your chest. Because it's, well, no. It's offensive because I mean, it's when like. When you talk about when you're defending Mariah. You it, know you how feel I feel it. about Mariah Carey's remixes and the fact that Mariah Carey would go in the studio and re record and reimagine these remixes for like the hip hop version. She's like sampling an entirely new song, re recording every vocal. Same for the dance mixes. Like it's having different mixes that the artist is in no way in, d- involved in. And also that the beat doesn't change. There's no featured person, which by the way, I don't love a, a remix that's just like a rapper or someone gets featured on the song. But these are just different versions that have nothing to do with the artist and felt a little like we're trying to get this number one. It was aiming for number two without these new versions. And it's like, do what you got to do if you want to get that number one. But I'm just saying she did this on top of like lowering the price of these versions to 69 cents. Like she wanted the number one, which we, we all want number ones. I'm excited that it's going number one. Which is also advertising for uh, 3435 <laughs> to make it 69 cents. It's all That's the thing. You got to think. All promotion. She's playing, she's playing chestnut checkers. Taylor Hill. So I'm excited for her going number one with this. But let's not compare these new mixes of this song to Mariah Carey's remixes because it's apples and oranges should we do remixes of the two game ads podcast that way our <laughs> podcast goes number one i like mean we can do a sped up for, could you imagine a sped up i know someone who listens to this podcast fed up and they when i met them and well not met but like we hung out in real life he's like why are you talking so slowly like i hear you at 1.5 speed every week in my ears it's like i must sound insane <laughs> like oh, they, sh- oh my god there's no way you could get anything i'm saying but apparently it works for people yeah. um we are, should invite a rapper we should for, just for throw one of them yes for one of the one an extended mix uh, ariana 
also has officially announced that her seventh album is called Eternal Sunshine, which was the rumor I heard, and it is coming out on March 8th. I'm excited for that. I don't know how many tracks it's going to be, but we will be listening to it and reacting to it live on our YouTube channel that night. So if you are around and want to hear our live reaction, just like have a fun listening party. Like those things, we haven't done one in a minute. Yeah. But like having those listening parties, I think it's just such a fun way to connect with people. And um, yeah, so I'm excited for the album. There are lots of different covers for Eternal Sunshine. I don't think we've seen all of them even yet. What's but the official one going to be? I don't know. It might be that half-faced one, the cover of the single. Oh, so yeah, it could just be the cover of the single? It could oh, be that. How are we going to decorate the image that, of the, the Two Game Mats YouTube video? I, I don't know. We have a, a couple months to think about okay. it. I think we'll figure it out. Um, and just since we're talking about songs that came out that day, debuting on charts, what number do you think Lil Nas X's J. Christ is predicted to debut? On oh, I 100? saw it was like 72 or it 74. 72. 72. It's just like, it's too bad. Like, I'm always going to be rooting for Lil Nas X. He is a very creative and amazing artist. We love queer artists really making a fucking splash. But this wasn't my favorite song of his. I feel like it could end up being like another Ariana song, Focus. Remember that was like the first single off of the Dangerous Woman era, but it didn't really make the album. She kind of reconfigured things and then put out Dangerous Woman as the single and launched the album off of that. I think he's going to have to go back to the drawing board a little bit when it comes to the first single off this And I mean, Dangerous Woman was a successful album. Absolutely it was. So like, I think Lil Nas X could very much do that. And it's interesting because I guess the problem with Focus was that it was very, very much like recreating problems. Yes, exactly. And I feel like this single J-Christ is like sort of like, okay, we're trying to do this sound from the previous album again, but it's not the song itself is not as good as those singles right. off the previous album. Right. And so, I know he has more great shit in him and we'll just wait for it yeah. and I hope he's not too upset about this. You know what? I don't have a number 72 song. That's true. That's true. He's doing better than me. That's good. Yeah. Um, see that Madonna is being sued by fans in New York over the late concert start time. Apparently she's suing two uh, you for the Two, she was two hours late, more than two hours late for a show last month in New York, according to court documents. The show was meant to start at 8.30 Eastern on all three nights, but in each case, it did not begin until after 11.30, ending around uh, 1 a.m. And, okay, I am I am of a couple of minds about this. Some, okay. We were talking about this before we started recording the podcast, and someone pointed out, like, Lauren Hill is so much more consistently late, and I would imagine even later, and has yet to be sued, and maybe she's going to see how this, you know, suit goes and wants to change her ways maybe in the future. But to me, I when I see something on a concert that's like, this is the start time for the show, I don't anticipate the artist is coming on until an hour after. And, like, maybe that is wrong of me. Two hours is, like, okay, girl, let's get to it. Mm. But, like, worth suing her over? It feels like a stretch. It feels like a reach. Like, Madonna has done worse things probably in the past week than starting her concert (laughs) two hours late. You know what I'm saying? Sure. It seems like maybe we want a little bit of publicity. Right. Kind of. I... I mean, I hear you. I yes. hear that. That's because yes. it feels like publicity because that is a lot of work. Yes. To like sue someone for anything. And I let feel- alone something as sort of like nebulous as this. I mean, I, I get it. Like, for example, like if you had like kids and you had to pay for child care sure. and like or like what if your uh, like babysitter like could only stay a certain number of hours yeah. or something and you had to leave the concert early. You just spent all this money on concert tickets. Right. You know. So I get it. I'm I'm not a person who thinks about concerts much to be <laughs> you know, I'm not a concert person unless right. it's the Spice Girls yes. or Carol Channing. I don't know if you're gonna see another Carol Channing concert. You know what I won't, but I'm glad I got to see one. 
Did you? Yeah, and I would have waited for 48 hours. I know you would have. I would have I waited know you the dreaded have. number 48. <laughs> and it's too long. 48 hours is too long. It's not too long for Carol Channing, okay? Um, I, I, Even if it's not like a publicity thing, it also could just be like a money thing. Maybe they'll hope that she settles with them and oh, they sure. get a few thousand dollars or whatever. Yeah. It just feels like a lot. And also, didn't she recently have a very serious health issue that caused her to push this whole concert back? Let's let the woman be. I don't know. She's doing her best. Okay. She's doing her best. Yeah, I don't really know what to think of it because it does suck. It, it sucks. It, it sucks. But does it, a lot of things suck. You don't sue everything that sucks. You know, you know? In, in this world, we're just on Madonna's time. We, it's all true. It's true. And we have been at since 1981. That's my assumption of when she debuted. Maybe I'm going to say not. 82. Okay, we'll look it up during the break and see sure. who's, who's closer to right. Um, speaking of women doing their best, Normani has told Deadline that her new album is coming out this year. We were just talking about again before the podcast, which of us believe in the Beyonce visuals and which of us do not. Matt Steele, do you believe Normani's album is coming out this year? Let's note that her single Motivation, her first solo single, came out in 2019 prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. Do you think this is the year we're going to get a full album from Normani? I do. I do, too. I have a a good feeling about this. Call us naive. (laughs) And I feel like a year ago, someone asked me, like, do you think, like, Normani is going to release a new album anytime soon? I was like, no. (laughs) But I do genuinely think like now is the time yes. that we could be getting an out from Normani. I think it could happen. Good what, for us. And Good like, for her. And like whether the momentum can be regained. I don't know that. All I know is our listening party for that is going to be lit. <laughs> we are going to be having so much I fun. Mean, even if it's bad. We're, we're, I think we need to look at how those singles do before we schedule okay. that listening party. Oh, come on. But this is such a, like a moment of anticipation. Yeah, it has is. It's been building up for for practically 48 it's hours. True. And that is something that we have wanted for so long. Maybe it would be, it'll only be right because motivation was such a fucking moment. It's only right. It's only right. Yeah. Um, She'll be in that live stream when we're doing I that. Listen to her. like, guys, I did it. I did it. You, you thought it would never happen. And it did. Uh, what did you think about? I'm just Ken winning best song at the 2024 critics choice awards. Cute. I will say yes, that song is there. I enjoyed the song very much. Like in okay. the movie, it's very fun and everything. Yes. I will say again, if we're talking about like demographics of the voting bodies, yes. that song is very man code. I was going to say like men are like, Oh my God. So funny. These men are dancing. <laughs> Your least control. favorite thing. <laughs> my, you know, when it's used for comedy and they're just doing dancing and nothing else. But like the song was well done in the movie. Yes. Um, but, but, uh, the, the, there are many, many registered like, uh, Voters in the critics for the Critics' Choice Awards. Yeah, and many of them are men. Of course, like m- movie critics, it's very skewed in the male direction. Yes, like, guys love being movie critics. Yes. girls do too, obviously. <laughs> but like, there is definitely an imbalance in terms of like Absolutely. that voting body, probably more than any other voting body. I right. don't know the numbers, but like movie critics, it is a very male-heavy field. Right, you know. So and so, I can understand that song winning. And what was I made for was nominated. I think so. Okay. I don't know if I remember, but I mean, what what was I made for? Is is the song in a movie this year? And <laughs> like, is it, do you think there's any way it loses at the Oscars? 
Uh, I mean, I guess anything is possible. I do still see it winning. At you still think of it as a lot. I mean, I think that song is just so excellent, and <sighs> it's really being like publicized now. It is like the push for that song is it really is. like going up. It's like, true now that it's Oscar voting time. So I, I could, I still see that song as being the front runner. What was I made for? Instead of I'm just Ken. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm hopeful, and it's like I don't dislike I'm just Ken. I'm glad it exists, but like I want as much as I was annoyed by. Uh, Billy, oh, sorry, is your mic falling? It is, it's fine. <laughs> as much it up. as I was annoyed by Billy winning everything back in the day, like for, at the Grammys when she won all four major categories, I want this song to win every single award well, it's nominated it's one for. one of her best songs. It is like, so excellent. So and I've heard people being like, oh, it's time for like an up-tempo, something that's not that serious to win. It's like, you can have that when there's a song that's, when there's a, a year that there's not a song this strong. Mm-hmm. That sure. is a ballad and it's sad. And the whatever. way that song is used in the movie is it's so beyond. beautiful. Beyond. And, and just like is the heart of Barbie. I you agree. Know? So. Um, apparently... Everyone's new favorite show is The Traders. U.S. season two has killed it in the ratings. It is uh, Peacock's most watched reality premiere, up 75% from season one. Damn. This is the Emmy Award winning reality show. The Traders debuted its second season last week, which has, has become Peacock's most watched reality premiere, beating out The Real Housewives of Miami Revival, Ultimate Girls Trip, Paris and Love, Love Island U.S., and whatever else is there. 75% jump in viewership. I just am so happy. It feels like everyone is talking about the traders, and sure. I feel like there are Survivor fans out there, there are Big Brother fans out there, there are Housewives fans out there who are now tuning into the show to watch their favorites really be in a very fun competition reality show. And I know you've had problems with the game so far, but I was happy to hear that this was your favorite week of the show so far. It was the episode four of season two oh. was an excellent, excellent episode. You know, I still have, I it's more so just I have an issue with like the actual game yes. of the show. I don't yes. know if it lends itself well to television but the entertainment value of the people especially of this season Mm. is very good and it's just like Phaedra 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 oh sure she's I can't wait to see her give it to Parvati and Dan but the thing is like Parvati will give her my peace of mind too so I'm excited to see those two go at it I mean Dan just like watch it all happen the thing is the episode before I was like oh Dan's fucked Dan's fucked Dan's fucked and the way He turned that shit around. There are so many people. I mean, like, spoiler alert. Whatever. Yeah, spoiler alert. Absolutely. Uh, but there are so many people who are just like, Sandra absolutely knows Parvati is a traitor. Janelle absolutely knows Dan is a traitor. And they're just not saying Why aren't they getting them out then? Because, well, because they're just like, because they know that Janelle probably knows that Dan is keeping her safe mm, for now. Right. Sandra probably knows Parvati's keeping me safe for now. Right. So, and that's an interesting uh, theory. I wonder what the truth is. And Sandra's but, flip at the round table was like, oh shit. Oh, you sure. are. Oh, well, Sandra's great. The great thing about Sandra is she's like, she's not this like master manipulator, right. like, like a strategist, like person. Yes. Her gameplay is literally just like, girl, anyone but me. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Anybody but me. And so she is just a survivor. Wow. I mean, she's one survivor twice. She's like the survivor. Right. And so that is what is so much fun about Sandra. And she's so real. Right. Oh, and you know, I, I've always been like, don't watch out for the housewives. Watch out for the housewives. Some of them are going to be very good at this. Mostly Phaedra. Phaedra is the perfect person for this show. But I will say, ladies... You gotta work on how you're voting at that round table. <laughs> Some of those folks are like, what are you doing? Like Sheree. And then my favorite thing is that Sheree goes out of her way to not vote the person that like everyone's voting for just because she believes it's a faithful or for whatever reason. And as soon as they're like, I'm a faithful, Sheree's like, I'm upset. <laughs> it's like, what, what did you say? What did you do? It just was wild. The show is excellent, and I'm so glad it's such a hit. And I mean, if this podcast becomes a Traders Recap podcast, I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> 
I wouldn't hate it. So everyone stay tuned. See how much more we're going to talk about this. Um, I'm trying to look at the other... The other things I have to talk about are a little depressing. So I'm going to skip Love a couple it. of just like the the state of journalism and like what's going on with Pitchfork, Sports Illustrated even very was very upsetting to me this week. I feel like music criticism needs to be given its its weight, its flowers as much as like we do our little critiques. What they do is different and artistic and very necessary for art to be as good as it is. Like people coming for critics, it's like they're just people who couldn't be, you know, actors or directors or musicians themselves. No. It's like no, this is cultural criticism is very necessary. Yes. And we need to treat it like a necessary part of life and yeah. like these jobs are worth things. You can't just like fold them out of the workforce because, you know, it just bothers me. Well, and I feel like even if I don't agree with a criticism or right. something like that, like it even like a criticism I disagree with listening to it actively makes me think about art yes. in a different way. Like, Oh, maybe I could be looking out for this or, yes. or it, it influences like how I create my art, you right. know? So even if it's something I don't agree with, right. so it's very, very necessary. It's, I mean, like we do it <laughs> ourselves, right. right? you know, but I just, yes, for the, the journalists who are critics who probably feel a little nervous, just know our hearts go out to you and we believe in your, capabilities you'll land on your feet but it's just a sad headlines around that i do want to talk about uh jennifer lopez mm-hmm. <laughs> so she is premiering i assume a visual album speaking it's- of making art <laughs> ladies and gentlemen well <laughs> she is premiering this is me now a love story and the trailer has come out on prime video and it says it's from the heart and soul and dreams of Jennifer Lopez. It's being released on February 16th. Apparently, it is a film, a musical film based off her new album, This Is Me Now, which is a follow, like a part two of This Is Me Then, which came out in like 2002 or whatever. It's directed uh, with Dave Myers, and Jennifer has created, quote unquote, a narrative driven cinematic odyssey steeped in mythological storytelling and personal healing. It's from the trailer it looks like it is a mix of her real life of like the men she's dated and how they came across and also people thinking that she's a sex addict I don't know if she's a spy like it's all very confusing I will say visually and like story wise I'm like this is a little bit fun if it weren't for the music, <laughs> which sounds, what is it? Dreadful. It sounds, every song that popped up sounded worse than the last. And I'm like, J-Lo, Maybe please. they have great bridges. I won't make it to them. <laughs> I will not make it through oh, those come verses on. You and courses. You won't be sad for this. I'll start it. I can't promise I'll finish it. I'm going to sit there. I'll be, I'll be at the movie theater. It's not going to be at a damn movie theater. Oh, this it's is on not? Amazon Prime. Oh, I thought it was going to have it like a, a theatrical no. release. And so no. I was like, oh, this is nuts. No. Oh, that's such a bummer. Guys, it looks like a mix between like like a rom-com meets like an, a, a sexy action thriller meets Dancer in the Dark. Meets a video meets, game. Meets like Lord of the Rings. Like it's it's giving you everything. If you have, if you have not seen the trailer yet, do <laughs> just yourself watch a favor. It. And you'll just be like, you know what? She did it. <laughs> she did. She did that. And so I'm excited to check it out. I'm excited for you and for everyone that will see it. I will start it. Okay. I just, I don't anticipate finishing it. You never know. Um, I'm sad. Rap shit got canceled at Max. I had not been 
on board with season two, but I'm sure I'll watch it now that it's all over. But I'm just sad because Issa Rae is a genius and the people that worked on that show are incredible and I'm sad to see it go. Um, and I, I never watched and just like that, but apparently Che Diaz has been let go. The act- or, uh, Yeah, the actress Ramirez, uh, they are not coming back to the show. Their time is over. They made a post on Instagram about uh, actors being back blacklisted for supporting Palestine and a source says that Sarah was not fired because they per- support Palestine and the ceasefire. Sarah was fired because Che brought nothing to the show anymore. They were on the chopping block since last se- season and then apparently Che has split with Miranda. The character didn't have value. The audience didn't love the character. So... I think viewers of the show are probably a little happy because they did get a lot of flack. The character, not really Sarah Ramirez, yeah, the actor. I've never seen, well, Sarah Ramirez is iconic. Yes. Like, uh, like Lot, Tony Award winner, amazing yes. vocals. Um, I've never seen people hate a character more. It's really shocking. <laughs> Where it's just like, guys, it's not that deep. And like, it's, it's literally just a, a, like, a supporting character on a reboot of a show. <laughs> like, it's going to be fine. And it's one of those things where it's almost like there was so much press around how much yeah, people hated Che like, Diaz. Or you're like, fine. I wonder if they'll keep them on because it's like, wow, I mean, people are talking about it. This is a water cooler moment. But I guess that's not the case. I think it also was noted somewhere that... Um, Oh, gosh. What's the actress that plays Miranda? Uh, Cynthia Nixon. Cynthia Nixon is very pro-Palestine vocally, very uh, pro-ceasefire, and is still going to be on that show. So I don't know if Sarah's claims have weight, but Che Che Diaz is gone for now. You know what? But you know what? We can always return. You never know. You never know. Che Diaz lingering. And ready to make a grand entrance again. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, Matt Steele. Yes. Do you have any other news for idiots that you'd want to share with the people? I don't think so, okay. guys. Well, then we're going to take a quick break and then be back with more Two Game Matt's, the podcast. Guys, we took a 48-hour break. It was so long. And it was so long. I feel like I'm a completely different person. Yes. But Matt Palmer, you still remember what to tell the people. I do. And I want to tell the people, thank you so much for listening and or watching the podcast. It means so much to us. And if you want to make sure more people listen to or watch the podcast like we do, go to your Spotify or your Apple podcast and leave us a five-star review. We, of course, only accept five-star reviews. It helps us so much in both of those algorithms. And if you really, really love us, go to patreon.com slash 2 And for as little as $5 a month, you can become a patron and get extra bonus content like I was just saying that we recorded a video of uh, Matt Steele reacting to three of my favorite Victoria Monet songs from Jaguar 2 it's going to come up this week Um, it will be lovely and you can join the discord meet a lot of great friends that you just haven't met yet and uh, for our live show that's going to be happening this year you'll be the first to get tickets that link to the tickets are going to our patrons first so if you want to be first in line to get tickets just in case it sells out Become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash Jiggy Mats. Yeah. It's going to be thrilling, guys. Yes. But first, we are going to get through Email My Heart, which is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. You can be a part of Email My Heart if you email us at twogaymats at gmail.com. Two is spelled T-W-O. Yes. This is from Mars. Hi, Mars. Mars. Question. Film industry advice. This is for Matt Palmer. Me. <laughs> <laughs> it's for both of us, okay. but you know. Uh, it says, hey, Matt, apologies in advance for the long email. My name is Mars, and I'm about to graduate from college. Fingers crossed this pneumonia doesn't get me off track. You're oh, going to graduate, Mars. You are. Don't I'm sorry about the pneumonia. Oh, my goodness. You know what? You're strong. You can do it. Uh, I'm graduating with a fil- degree in film, and me and a few friends are setting up a production company, got the LLC and everything, but are not sure where to go. Unfortunately, we're a bunch of queers, specifically trans, living in a conservative state, so we're not planning on staying here, but 
but we're heavily debating where to go. California is the obvious answer, but we feel it'll be difficult to break in as another company. Other options are New York, New Jersey, maybe Washington or Oregon, but it's also scary. We're also trying to figure out the best way to break into the industry. We have big plans for the future, but the steps in between are fuzzy. I've suggested producing music videos for bands in town, and we keep chugging along trying to get our shorts and festivals, but wanted to know if you had other advice. I also wanted to know, as two people with industry experience, Matt S. with movies, Matt Palmer with music videos, if there are any little perks or techniques that you've seen that you think should be normalized, or if there are any standards in the industry we should avoid doing. I've been a fan since 2018. Y'all were a welcome companion when I was trying to do all my homeschool work, and I'm so grateful to you and excited to see what you do. And if you ever need an AD, line producer, set director, or script supervisor, hit me up. Winky face. Thank you so much. Love, Mars. Um, I'll go short because I feel like mine will be shorter than yours. Okay. Well, what are the things you look for in a music video? All (laughs) that I can say is the reason that, like, the the best times I've had on music video sets, which are generally most of the times because we worked with Ryan Bartley, he always gets the best fucking crew the entire time, top to bottom. Like, having good people on set and kind people on set, like, working towards a common goal makes everything better. Like, it's kind of logical. You want to work people, work with people who are good and kind and hardworking, but also you can, like, have fun with. And, like, no one's... I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of... There's the possibility for a set to be very tense if people are taking what they're doing very seriously and if people get, like... Emotions are high. And so to have someone who's a calming presence and to have the team feel like a team Mm -hmm. is something that I really appreciate and I imagine in other sets is an asset as well because I I can think of nothing worse than being on set because you have to be on for even for music videos that are like what four or five minutes you have to be on set for days at a time and if I was around people in which it was like tense or like people were unhappy and people were screaming or locking themselves in dressing rooms and things it would just be so unpleasant Mm -hmm. so making as someone who's usually just the talent making the set as pleasant and like low like low stakes not in that like you don't want to try and produce the best product but it's just like we all know we're not performing heart surgery Mm -hmm. let's all do our best and like keep the set calm and positive is the best way to be. So and I, I think that you are already kind of like taking those steps into making sure it's like a positive set because you have like, you're doing it with your friends. Yeah. You're doing it with people who you have the shorthand language. Like, you know how to communicate with them. You know, like what they're, you all have the same goal. Like you, 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 you know how to talk to these people. Yeah. You know, you, you love them, you care about them. And so I think that's really wonderful. It's wonderful that you are right out the gate before you even graduate, just getting that LLC. Totally. Like, I think that's, I think, you're doing everything right as far as that goes just like make shit yeah. and you know what some of it might be bad but like especially like when you're young because when you're you know younger fresh out of college like it's so great making stuff because you're interacting more with people who are, who just want to you know make stuff at this point and yes. like get better and hone their craft and build a name for themselves and everything because the older you get the harder it is to like find people who are that hungry who are willing to do stuff for like free or cheap (laughs) you know because you will be interacting with older people who it's like it gets very expensive so the fact that you're all like sort of like equal peers right now in the in the same boat like freshly graduated and everything you're all hungry for that to like help each other out um and as far as music video goes matt palmer always tells me Outfit changes. Hello. Makes your music video look more expensive. It does. <laughs> and it also, does. And also, like, it seems like you do, you know, set decorating and, and production design, Mars. Um, honestly, like, if if the what is in the shot looks good, 
the music video is going to look good. Absolutely. Or like, or like whatever you're making looks good. Like it's someone because um, the director of Matt Palmer's music videos and like the director of Devo's like his background is in, you know, art direction and production mm-hmm. design. And so the movie like Devo's and, and the music videos like they look so much more expensive than they actually were. Absolutely. Because he had such a good eye for making what was in the frame look really great. So so if you do love doing art uh uh, direction and stuff like that really like it's a great like craft to hone if you want your material to look really great in terms of like where to go I think you have a little bit of time to decide that totally. especially if you all want to like go as a group <laughs> you know <laughs> um, and it also depends on the the stuff you want to make I, I think starting off with music videos is an excellent uh, thing to do and and you know there's always bands that are hungry for that but you know if you if you want to get into more like indie film, like feature film and stuff, you could really be anywhere. Um, and there's like a market for that. If you want to do more commercial stuff, there is, you know, the LA, if you wanted, I would say like, if you want to get more into like TV, LA is probably the best route to go unless it's sort of like the edgier, grittier TV, then maybe that's New York. Um, if you want to get into, you know, like, like Atlanta, it's has a big market, but a lot of it is very, um, uh, like Marvel stuff is filmed in, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Like the Tyler Perry stuff is filmed in Atlanta. So that's for like, if you're interested in that market, San Francisco is like the tech market. So a lot of that film stuff is a lot of like tech stuff, promotional stuff like that. Um, I don't think you need to rush this. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with just being like, I'm going to jump into the big sea of Los Angeles. If you want to do that. Yeah. And there's also nothing wrong with like holding back, trying to figure out where the best, place to go is totally um the great thing is that you have a good community that you are working with hold on to those connections for the rest of your life <laughs> like hold on to them all right forever because those are the people you will be leaning on until the end of time all right yeah i think mars will do it yeah I think oh mars will you're do doing it. fine you're the, doing great the pneumonia is gonna be cleared up <laughs> absolutely it and will clear up. you will get that degree yes it's gonna be great yeah. It's all going to happen for yeah. you. Yeah, so that is the email of the week. Okay, great. Um, I have a kind of a mix of a two gay minutes and a giving me moments. Okay. Um, it's So it's up to you if you want to time it or not. I probably won't go on for so long, but I just want to talk a little bit about Drag Race this year. Okay. Okay. All right, I'll time it. Time Do you want it. me to time it just to see how long you go? Sure, that'll and, be fine. And I'll give you all a number. I don't know what purpose that serves, but guys, this is two gay minutes. This is the section of the podcast where one Matt rambles on about something the other Matt doesn't give a shit about yes. for about two minutes, and uh, we see where it goes. This is also giving me moments, I guess, where it's a little bit of both. we talk about the content that we have consumed for the week that yes. really gave us a lot of excitement. Yes. So, um, Matt Palmer, I guess your kind of sort of two gay minutes <laughs> slash two, uh, giving me moments begins... Now? Now. Okay. I just want to say I am enjoying season 16 of Drag Race. The queens are growing on me by the episode. I'm really loving. Um, Dawn is a favorite of mine, as is Safira, who's the incredible queen who could like sing opera in her talent show. And then this week, uh, spoiler, the winner was uh, Nymphia Wind, who like is just an incredible fashion designer. Like the It was like, oh, we're doing a ball and you have to make one of the outfits. Here's a bunch of menswear scraps. Make something incredible out of it. And her look was truly unbelievable. Isaac McDrahi was the guest judge and he was like, this is one of the best things I've ever seen. Like Nymphia took all these ties and just, it's truly a piece of art. If you just want to Google search what Nymphia Wind did on this week of Drag Race, I would recommend you do it. Um, I was sad. The girl who went home this week, I can see why she went home, but she was very bubbly and very lovely in her confessionals, especially. I thought her drag was just a little different than like the 
you know, very elevated drag that a lot of the queens are doing and, and what gets, uh, you know, Rue's, catches Rue's eye. And there's a lot of great stuff happening on Drag Race. I'm excited to continue watching it. We need to talk about Plain Jane. Plain Jane is this queen whose whole thing is I am going to be very rude in confessionals and like come for the girls. And like every time she walks in, it's like, oh, I guess this is the B team, blah, blah, blah. Which is like, of course, it's drag race. There's going to be shade. People are going to like say rude things, but they are kind of said with love. This girl is just a fucking bitch. Like, and I'm a person who watches Housewives, watches Vanderpump Rules, the cast of the worst people in Los Angeles and loves every second. If you're going, if your whole thing is like, I'm going to be the villain of the season, I'm going to be such a bitch, you have to have a quickness to you. You have to have an, like a little bit of comedy chops or even like if you're giving critiques with love, like in the Untucked episode, Dawn was talking to, uh, I believe, Plasma and Plasma had one look that was like Tweedledee and Tweedledum and it was a little weird and she was like a little tipsy and she was like, girl, I love you. I have to say, I fucking hated that look and like people were like, oh my God, me too and they kind of laughed but it was fine. It was funny. Plain Jane and every fucking confessional is just like she her she looks a mess she's ugly she's so talentless I'm so much hotter than them and it's like okay none of this is funny none of this is interesting your looks aren't that great like yes you won last week with like dumb comedy but like this week you were very much in the middle and like you can't be sitting down so she sat down this girl a, a mandatory meeting which by the way is the funniest fucking drag name I've heard in so long oh that's so <laughs> funny it's so funny I just got and it and a mandatory meeting like admittedly the week prior had really not great makeup. She has since in the like it was a split. Um, it was a split premiere, so only half the queens were on one episode, and the other half of the queens were in the next. And in that week of time, or however long it took for them to film, one of her castmates was like, "You need to just work on your makeup all week and like continue doing your face until it gets better." And it was much better this week. She was in the middle, right along with Plain Jane. And during Untucked, like backstage, Plain Jane sits her down and it's like, "By the way, I just like after they kind of are laughing about not liking." Uh, plasma's look or whatever in a very loving way she sits down just like by the way I just have to tell you and this is probably the second time they've interacted uh, you're really currently not doing it for me looks wise and she kind of like half smiles and everyone's like whoa this is out of nowhere there's no comedy there's nothing shady it's just like you being a bitch to this girl's face who's like I'm trying and she, and then and then someone was like oh I didn't realize it was plain Jane's drag race and she's like well you know it's not but like you know we're voting on each other so I just thought you should know that like I hope that you can change my opinion and like sway how I feel about you and a mandatory meeting is like I don't care if you like me and then the conventional is like this girl can eat my ass like nothing she's saying is <laughs> So everything funny is coming from her. And everyone's like, I have something to say. Amanda, you are so fucking nice and such a great person and took feedback really well. And it's like, we're all in the middle here. Why you feel the need to go out of your way to like just be an asshole to people is not funny, is not cute. And there are people online who are like, well, you guys just want Drag Race to be like, you know, kumbaya, like older season. You couldn't take it. And it's like, I haven't seen every season. That's true. But if you're going to be the villain, you have to have wordplay. You have to be fucking funny. You have to have some something that's based in love and not just you being cruel to someone for no reason. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not enjoying this person at all. I'd like her to get kicked off. It's just like, you're not fun. You're not good at reality TV. And you're not good enough at drag to be talking to people like this. And it's just like, it's just cruel in my humble opinion. It's a cruel All summer, right? guys. It's a cruel summer. That was four minutes and 35 seconds. Thank you so much. I let you go on because I, I was enjoying it. it so much. My heart will go on. And fuck plain Jane. <laughs> yeah, it just sounds like she sounds kind of sour. It's sour. It's like, sour. and not the good kind of sour like Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. Just like, just like spoiled milk. The sour B sides. <laughs> exactly. Which like, those are probably great too. <laughs> I know. I'm sure they are. She's a talent. Yeah. 
Uh, so Matt Steele, yes. What has been giving you moments? this um, week? So I already told everyone what my giving you moments <laughs> you this did. week was going to be. I went and I yesterday I saw the movie American Fiction yesterday with my little AMC A list membership, and I was supposed to see it last week, like in the morning, but then I overslept, <laughs> and I'm funny. so happy I finally got to see it this week. It is excellent. Really? It is such a good film. The thing is, like when you see the trailer, you're just like. For those of you who don't know, it's starring Jeffrey Wright, and uh, he plays uh, this black writer who none of his like books aren't selling well because like they're very like haughty and like it's prestigious <laughs> and you know right. and he doesn't write he he tries to like not write like from the black experience like mm. he doesn't try to like implement that in his writing and everything because he's like we're so much more than you know just you know blah 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 and so um and the trailer shows him like watching Issa Rae being a really successful writer and her book is doing really well and she's this like super like college like educated woman and they're like please let us let us read an excerpt from your book and she reads this book that is just like this giant like like what could be perceived as like a giant stereotypical right. like ridiculous like like what men, like he perceives as like this trashy like mm. literature and everything that's just you know selling just that's selling for like white audiences right. and that like the white audiences are just like eating it up because they feel like they're like being such saviors and like supporting this material when he considers this material such trash and everything. And so the trailer shows that he's like, I'm going to write a book for fun. Um, that's just like these books and yeah. everything. And he doesn't, ex and he just like his agent, he's like, he sends it to his agent and he's just like, yo, try to sell this book. And the agent's just like, Oh, we sold it. And <laughs> like, you're going to get a trillion dollars. And so you go into it thinking like just knowing like, oh, this is going to be really good satire yeah. and everything. What I wasn't expecting was a truly phenomenal family drama. Oh, like the family drama aspect was just as important as the uh, the, the book aspect, the satire aspect, the literature aspect and the commentary of that. And because what he's also dealing with is he is going back home to Boston uh and he, you know, his sister lives in Boston and she kind of takes care of their aging mother. He comes from a very wealthy family mm. um, and his brother is out of the picture. His brother is played by Sterling K. Uh, Brown and he's like a recently out guy going through a divorce and everything. So he's living his best gay life and everything. Right. And the sister is the only one who is taking care of the mother who, spoilers, uh, the mother is not doing well. Mm. Uh, at one point, it's established that she is in decline. Um, and some other things happen that I won't get into because those are like big spoilers. Right. Um, but now they essentially have to take care of the mother. And uh, but he's not close with the family. Mm. And it's it's so much having to do with the family and the book at the same time. And the interesting thing I found with it is the, the like fake book that he writes uh, very much has this family drama of like the father's not in the picture and like the gangs and like just like a not tight like family thing. Yeah. And he, the entire movie is just like, oh God, these, these, these dramas in these, these melodramas in these, in these books that actually sell, like I can't relate to them. I can't relate to them. But uh, he grew up in a very wealthy family and everything. But yet as the movie goes on, you realize like he is relating yeah. to these 
dramas that he says he can't relate to, you know, because like he is not close with his family. Mm. He is essentially kind of, well, the father in this very rich family is not in the picture for reasons that I won't get into because that's a spoiler. But also he is kind of like this, the stereotypical, like estranged father, Mm. not taking care of his family responsibilities because he's not close with his family for a very different reason because the family is so wealthy and there is like such a coldness to them. Mm. So I, I, so like he is, like subconsciously like relating to these stories that he's like making fun of the entire time. It's so smart, so well done. And it really like, it really shows that there's like no like right or wrong answer to any of this. Um, but like, it's just such a wonderful commentary. Um, and, and really, really funny in the meantime. And Jeffrey Wright is so hot. <laughs> oh, wait, okay. That was love. Field. I mean, I'm just going to say, it. I'm just going to say it. Jeffrey okay. Wright is very Hot. Okay. And and it's really, really great. I could absolutely see it like surprising and, and winning best adapted screenplay. Wow. Like at the Oscars. And especially the audiences I was with. I went, you know, a Saturday matinee, so it was more full than I'm used to. Mm-hmm. The audience was eating it up. Really? So I totally see like the Academy like members, especially that demographic, like, you know, it's a more middle-aged demographic. Like mm-hmm. they were eating up this movie. And so I really see it like getting a a good amount of Oscar nominations. And the funny thing that about this movie is like the whole movie, the entire time it's making fun of like white audiences, like being like, wow. Oh wow. So deep. It's so, Oh, the representation. Oh, these voices need to be heard. Yes. Yes. We're doing so much and everything. I was in a theater with, mostly white people <laughs> next to me were these guys like these like young guys in their early 20s one of them brought his dog oh to, to the theater the movie theater that's I know, a shock I, I didn't realize that's it until as we were leaving i was like motherfucker did you bring your dog at least the dog was quiet the dog was quiet so good for that dog right um and but then at the end of the movie when it was over i, I will say like three out of the four of those guys in unison went Wow. (laughs) Great. I was like, okay. So like, I find this ironic that these like white guys are like being the same characters as like the white people in the movie. Right. Wow. (laughs) I just found that very funny. That is funny. It it really is a fantastic movie. A movie that like is really like touching, but like sort of at the same time, like doesn't take itself too seriously. Like it's a wonderful satire and family drama, which like I'm all about. Mm. It's really, really great. So Everyone I'm excited it to see it. Yeah. How was Issa? Oh, she's great. I love her. Yeah, her character's really great. Sterling K. Brown is really, really fun. Wow. Um, Leslie Uggams is in it, and I love Leslie Uggams. <laughs> and uh, what's her name? Diana Ross's daughter. Uh, Tracy Ellis Tracy Ross. Ellis Ross. She's really great in it. Like, everyone is really great in it. I'm excited. All and right. Jeffrey Wright, hot. Jeffrey Wright, and great, hot. And great. <laughs> and great. Which is more important than hot, but like hot is also in, Hot's in on the, the list. Equation. All right. I didn't know you and Jeffrey Wright. Oh, you I think Jeffrey Wright's very hot. Beautiful together. Thank you so <laughs> Thank much. Thank you. I think he's probably straight. He is, but oh. you know what? He can be hot. He can be hot. I can, if, when I meet him, I'll be like, you know what? You're hot. <laughs> I think he'll really appreciate that. He better appreciate it. A compliment <laughs> for me means everything. Absolutely, it does. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's it. Matt Steele. Yes. Is there anything else you'd like to tell the people today? That we love you all. We love you all so much. And we'll be back next week with more Two Gay Mats, the podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.